All right, welcome to Tonal Distancing. Uh, today uh, we're talking about Bloom's. Uh, Bloom has another song coming out soon. He, I think he just finished the master, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. What is the song called? It's called Slippy Toad, based off the character from Star Fox, the famous Nintendo franchise. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, I'm into that. And uh, today we're joined by uh, two guest hosts uh, from the Diamond Dogs band I play with, uh, Daniel. Oh, oh. Diamond Diamond Dogs Dismount. I'm just kidding. Um, Diamond Dogs Mount Up. We're mounting up right now. Um, Daniel, Joe, do you guys want to introduce yourself? Daniel, you go first. Uh, Yes, I'm Daniel, one half of the, or one third of the Diamond Dogs, or one half. I don't know know the divisions of that, bad at math, but yeah, I'm I'm the drummer. Uh, I play drums in the band. Uh, uh, We're stationed in Brooklyn for now, and yeah, that's me. And Joe? Yeah. Yeah, I'm the bassist. I'm not good at math either. Um, but yeah, I, I know how to find where to play in between. So I guess I'm good at math. At least Daniel's math. I don't know if that's all that matters. He's, he's an English teacher, guys. So. That's all that matters. He's good with words. Uh, and yeah, so we're going to talk about Slippy Toad by Bloom today. Um, Bloom, you want to kick us off? Give us a nice introduction. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I've actually played the main riff from the song. I'm not going to play it fully. It's, uh, I mean, I'll play it just a little bit, but it's, it goes like, uh, it goes like, uh, it's that one. It's on different episodes. I've already no, play, made... play, play the full thing. Play the full Can thing. Can I do two intros then? Or yeah, I... do two, do two intros. Do okay. two intros. Cause this is oppressive. All I right. can't put the shit. And yeah, I've never heard it before. Yeah. Right, I'll play, I'll play the main riff that the song starts on and it's the main. So it's, uh, that might be a little sloppy at it, but uh. so that's the main riff of the song. And uh, <laughs> there's more. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> and then you just is keep your, playing. Is your guitar not on fire right now? Is it not smoking it? <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. No speeding it up when you put it on TikTok. <laughs> and it's no one like, oh, you sped it up. It's bullshit. Because he did that once where he sped it up just like a hair, and then I was like, no, I can actually play it. I can actually. <laughs> all all, all and, it takes for that comment section to in, blow. In, up. In, in my defense, right, I'm trying to create a story, and yeah. we say really great things, but we just. Say them slowly so i just like sped everything up by like 20 15 20 percent probably 30 percent if i'm really being honest it's okay and and no one commented at all it just (laughs) was like i'm feeling weird about this yeah in my head justifiably justifiably (laughs) i understand well and and actually now i can uh, i've been playing i've been actually recording this i've had the riff down i've had the riff written for a while that riff that one riff um and I had had it recorded too. And that was that thing where it's like, because it's a really fast song too, I was like, oh, I got this song. And then I was like, it's 15 seconds long. It's pretty, it's like in 200 BPM or, or 210 BPM. So I was like, oh crap, I got to write like a whole like two minutes. How do I do this? Where do I take it? Um, but I just had like a burst of inspiration two, three weeks ago. I just started on a Friday night. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to just get to recording the song, just kind of guitar riff on it. And then riff after riff it came together and then i finished writing it and i so i just sent it to master 
uh, to um, shout out to Ravi Ray Audio. Uh, Ailey, my wife, had introduced me to him. He's a mastering and mixing engineer based out of Houston. So uh, tag him in here. Great guy. Really nice. Just started his audio business. He just mastered it. Got it back to me today. I listened to it. Super stuck to put it out. So hopefully by the time this episode is out, it might be out. If, if not, it should be very close. I'm looking to do it uh, release early March. So that's when my birthday cool. is. My birthday gift to me is to see my song out there. <laughs> and see your own success. <laughs> yeah, that's literally my gift is I'm like, Straight. I just want this out there. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's the main riff from it. I didn't want to play it again because I was like, I feel like I'm juicing that one riff. I've done two videos on this podcast of it, but I'm I it's a fun riff to yeah. play and uh, if there's any riff to juice that's the one to juice yeah, yeah. yeah. Give, give us something to juice. Maybe, maybe there's another riff to juice you might be well surprised. yeah so I'm actually the the intro that I had prepared today so today this one is this one's gonna be a little hard because what I uh it's got I'm using a whammy pedal in it like a Digitech whammy for an octave like a dive bomb kind of thing um but when I re- recorded it I just I drew the automation in for that so i haven't actually played it with the whammy pedal before until two minutes ago so i'll try it but this is a there's a breakdown in the song where i just have like a gun cock like a, and then it goes which i'll show you guys in a little bit but so it goes uh Something like that. It's, it's, uh, you can uh, also cut it in later. Get yeah, I know. Uh, just one squeal. Funny enough, the part that I thought I would struggle with the most. Um, I don't know if we want to dissect the riff now or do a toast and then go into it. Um, what you yeah, want? Let's, to let's do. do a toast. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do the toast. Right. So we're about to get into "Slippy Toad" by Bloom here in a minute. But before we do that, let's take a word from the people that we're going to toast. Does everyone have an idea who they're going to toast? No, second person, right? Second person. Person number two. Eddie Van Halen has been a favorite on this show, so that's always a good call. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to dictate who you do or do not have to toast. So three, two, one. A toast to the lords and ladies of music. Please be kind to us as we drink and guide us on our musical journey. I would like to toast uh, Izzy Stradlin from Guns N' Roses because um, he also has just cool other projects. I was listening to Izzy, Izzy Stradlin, the Juju Hounds. I think it was the first or second record, whichever one. He he does like Pressure Drop on it, which is just a really fun kind of ska punkish cover of a reggae song. And I I think he, I just really respect his playing and, and, and who he is. I don't know if who he is as a person, but I just respect his playing and his, his songwriting has always been great. Uh, Bloom, who would you like to toast? So I know in our last episode, I toast the vocalist of Flame of God, um, but there's a reason for that. And then uh, so I, this one's kind of a multiple shout out, but the three bands I'd like to toast are System of Down, Meshuggah, and Lamb of God, because this song that I'm showing today was my kind of like, I had to pick three bands that I just feel like I wanted to culminate into one band and one song if they wrote it. That's Those are the three where it started as like, System of Down, and then I was like, this sounds kind of like Climb of God, and I was like, let's throw my sugar in there. So all three of those bands, wonderful bands, helped me write this song and stay motivated. So that's 10 people. Daniel, who would you like <laughs> to toast? 
Uh, I'd like to toast uh, Daru Jones, who is the drummer for Jack White's band, uh, who has the most unique drum kit set up. All of his toms are facing away towards the audience. Uh, I'll send you pictures of it. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> He's from Brooklyn as well. So shout out to Daru Jones. Nice, nice. Is and that the on Tours? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. That's Patrick Keeler. Uh, Daru Jones is the guy. Uh, he's a black dude. He went on tour with Jack White. He's his touring drummer for his solo stuff. Okay, cool. Sorry for interrupting. I didn't I mean feel no, like, no, it's a good question. I feel, like I feel like I've seen live videos of like the more recent stuff, and I haven't noticed that. So I'm, I, I'm oh, going to have to rewatch I'll, it. I'll send it in. And Joe, who would you like to toast today? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with another New York artist. Uh, their name's Jariah. Um, I listened to their album. It is pure maximalism. Uh, typically, I'm a minimalist guy. I try to be minimalist in my life. Um, if you ask my girlfriend, I'm definitely not minimalist with my instruments. <laughs> um, but uh, I listened to this album once and I was like, ah, I don't get it. And then I follow him on Twitter. I like his content. I like his vibe. And I listened to it again. I was like, oh, that's what you can do when you just go all out. And I was like, yeah, I think I want to go more all out. Yeah, so it's Jariah. 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 And, and to, to all our toasts, thank you for our, your inspiration. And uh, thank you for alcohol or non-alcohol. Thank you Coffee. For <laughs> Coffee too. Mm. All right, let's get into it. I need coffee to play this riff. I actually thought about that where I was like, <laughs> if I, uh, if I got to play it at full speed, alcohol might make me uh, a, little, a little sloppy there. I was like, no, I need to, I need to make it feel like I'm playing slow and got to get the. Ah! the yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll break down the recording and, and show a little bit like, I think would it, uh, since the song is not out yet, I can maybe play through it just so that you guys can hear it. Maybe you have questions for that. But um, I think um, what I was talking about with the riff or the guitar, so the, uh, I don't know, Kane, if you wanted to try playing that riff, the, 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 the little breakdown, but it's, 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 it's yeah. <laughs> uh, you got, pretty, it. you just compensate that. Yeah. And funny Basically enough, the same. Pretty, and you pretty much got all, where all the riffs or where all the chords are, or all the like frets are. So like, uh, really, the only like the distinct notes that are played are. But um, this song, actually, what helped me? So I'm gonna, yeah, the it's a zero one three zero one three. Just it's very systematic. Downy. I, I, it's my um and what actually got me through recording the song and getting more inspiration was one listening to different not different bands not bands that i hadn't heard before but just like not going in with the like same expectation of what i had originally so when i started writing this i was going into like you know what i really want to write something that feels like the like last couple albums of system of down like hypnotize mesmerize that kind of thing and i think i was a little bit confining myself in terms of like trying to achieve a sound that I was like like limiting to like this doesn't sound like that um and then I kind of brought in you know like all these other bands that I thought and then I was like well this sounds kind of like none of them but all of them and that's exactly what I want to go for is just this is me this is my sound um and one of the other things that helps um if if you're a guitarist or even bass I'm sure um 
one thing that can really get you out of a musical rut is changing up the tuning of your guitar. And that's something that's done a lot in the past. Uh, so this is in, uh, this originally was in drop D flat, so E, e flat standard, and then you drop the last, uh, the, the low string to E flat, so it's a power chord. Um, but then what I, uh, I, I play a lot in open tunings too, um, and I recently haven't been doing that as much, but th there's a tuning called dad gad, D-A-D-G-A-D, -D -D, so this is that, but just all one half step down, so the D flat version of that. And that actually, uh, ironically enough, I mean, not ironically, but I guess uh, I don't see that used as much in metal, um, and like a lot of the things about this song are not necessarily... Um, standard to metal i'm playing on a gibson sg with p90 pickups which I, that was very much system of down influence that's something darren Mackey did he gives this very uh they're single coil pickups so they're uh they have a lot of hus or hus i was gonna say hum and hiss and then hus came out they have a lot of uh hiss to it so there if i take the noise gate off you'll hear uh it's just you know there's a lot of beautiful static. beautiful yeah um and uh so they're very, and they're they're much more like gritty. They're not like that low meaty sound of, uh, but that's what I like about it is it's a, it's a, I think I saw Darren Malakian explain on like a System Down interview is like they're very wild sounding. Like they take a lot more control in the picking. I can't just go and then you know expect it to just sound like to cut through. You gotta like really really like your your muting and stuff matter a lot more um and then that so that's kind of not very metal uh st standard to metal per se um traditionally and then that mixed with this open tuning um usually with metal it's more focused on the low notes and then the high notes are for soloing and stuff like that or different chord shapes but uh when i did this tuning what i love is that it's just the power chord it's just it's just the same notes over um so to me more than it's like a d sus four right um no i mean it's i don't know i just I, think I, of it as one big power i looked chord. it up teach okay you're good then i don't i don't know i just know. It, was, it was bothering me because i couldn't like play it with a slide like, what the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah i just know that you could put your finger down I don't know why I chose the middle finger. Put your finger down. Fuck you, Kane. Theory. The uh, yeah, you, you you can do things where it just the octaves are just quick. So like when I go, where usually to get that high octave you'd have to go, or but I can just do. So what that kind of uh, honestly, when I just was getting into a place where I was like, I don't know what note to play or where to take it, you just go to... So you can just keep going to that, and it's the root note. So you kind of just always have this root note. So whereas you usually go, metal is always galloping on the... And it goes back to low, I feel like I'm actually going to the high in many ways, because I'm like... Or like... That's not a riff on it, but I kind of like that. I mean, my next song... Uh, what better way to do a song kind of inspired by video games than like essentially you just cheat, cheat code when you're playing? And you can, and what's cool about this, uh, um, what's cool about this tuning is like 
if you like the the note on one string, you can it'll work on the other string. So it's like you can go like say like I have the same hammer on. You could do it on the. Wait, every, do that again. Where, where are you? Zero seven eight. So you could just go. Whereas, like, that wouldn't work in standard tuning that well because it would, you know, it might not fall on the scale. And, you know, you could. Uh, so you could just literally just go down the. I got a new song for you. I got a new song for you. There we go. Just, exactly. Just, it's 078. <laughs> That's actually one of the, uh, another. Wait, wait, I got, I, 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 I got to perfect it. There we go. Just gotta get the high. Beautiful. All right, send me a clip of that, and it's in the next song. It's uh, uh, that's but that's that actually, you know, funny enough, really helped me get through that, and and really helped me open, kind of how I was seeing it because I, I'm not, for as far as metal goes, I'm I'm, soloing is my weak my weak spot like i'm not like i i i can maybe write a solo if i really you know take some time to do it and and it's like uh, but i to me i think in riffs and i think in i i like to say uh, i find I, I i have to stop you i find that so weird because you had so many interesting and cool leads when you did two-faced that it, it's always funny when you say soloing isn't my strong suit but then you create these really cool leads so like i always think you have the ability to do it but that's the thing is that those are to me those are solos but they're really like leads are still pretty different than solos to me somehow or like like if you tell me to improvise a solo i'm kind of like i can do it and, and I'm, but like to me even like riffs like in um like you know in two-faced and, and, and that kind of stuff like where i was doing more like high lead stuff like the or i can't actually play it in this wait, I'm I all I'm I was like, wait. About, like well i was like i can't actually i'm just focusing on like my my a d and g string because those are going to be the same but everything else is fucked but and that's the thing is so like I, I i write leads and stuff a lot but it's not like I, I don't know. Even then, I still maybe they come out as leads, but I still think of it as writing r riffs. And I, I don't know if that's and when you do when you're doing drumming. I don't know when uh, if you feel this way, but sometimes I feel like I think like a drummer because that's something I've always been interested in rhythmic stuff. But like to me, when like a drum thing or like a drum when like when there's a verse and there's just like you know a beat, you might have fills and stuff, but you wouldn't call it a drum solo. But when right, like you're right. doing like you know kind of more abstract stuff and you're focusing on the tech like the I think I think there is a power. I was going to ask you too because um, I relate to what you just said, uh, and I think a lot of musicians fall into one or two brackets, which is like the soloists who can play with they play what they feel, and then there's people who feel more comfortable having a structured uh, uh, <clears throat> course throughout the song. As a drummer, I personally like to know when I'm playing each time but i've worked with producers who's like no come up with something right now i'm like i don't, I don't like that i don't want to yeah, do that yeah. i already <laughs> decided what i'm gonna do already don't make me change that but it's also just like you know another way to approach music but i feel like a lot of people fall in two different ways there's people who are just very logical and map out their course and then there's other people who are like we'll figure it out when we get there 
And, and that's and some people I, can do both. And I mean, it is what it is, but some people just work differently. And, and I, I'm, I feel like I'm, I've always felt kind of somewhere in between where I really like improvising and jamming. Like I love jamming with people. I know yeah. people who they're not that way. They're like, no, I need to like write. And so like, to me, a lot of my best ideas come when I'm working with other people, which sure. not, yeah. sadly is not as much anymore with, you know, the pandemic and stuff. But like, when I, when you're working with someone in a room or they've just like, you know, a drummer plays a beat and then you're like, no, no, no keep doing that. Keep doing that. And then you're like, wait, I got this. Or a ba- you know, bass player plays yeah. something and then you're just like, keep keep that bass. I actually really like when songs have, the main thing is a bass guitar, like Tame Impala, like how they just have that. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. And then the guitars are kind of just like around that. I love stuff right. like that. And like, when, like that's a song you could just keep looping. And, 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 and a lot and, of funk music does that. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and yeah. I, and so I feel like I've always been, you know, I've always liked improvising in that sense. It's just, I don't really find it as much of like, to me, I'm still trying to find like, what's a riff I could repeat? Like, even if it's a lead, mm-hmm. what's something I could yeah. repeat and something that I want to get like, is like a theme or something that I bring back to, or it's like a, you know, it's something someone will hum or something like that. Or, and, and, and I think that repeatability is the factor that kind of makes me think about a lead traditionally and solos mm-hmm. versus like a riff um and in this song i mean it's kind of what's what's nice with tunings like this is you kind of uh can cover um sonically or musically uh like like the uh, wider frequency range of like i don't know when you think of rhythms and then leads traditionally you're usually thinking of like leads are doing high pitch stuff and then rhythms are doing low pitch stuff but like when you have tunings like this when you're doing a riff that's like I mean that the low notes are doing some really low stuff, like, but then immediately it's, it's going to crazy two octave higher. So then you could do, you know, your your guitar covers a lot more range, and it's almost like, you know, you're in a way doing something that might, in a different tuning, require two guitars to do it. And and especially when you think of playing live, it's like oh, as one guitarist, I could play this song. Um, it seems like the definition of working smart. Versus working hard seems like an efficient yeah. way to, to 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 get what you need out of your music and your instrument. Yeah, I wanna, oh, go for it. I, I was just gonna say, I know, I know you're gonna get into it, but like, I, I want to, I just want to put this out there to circle back to it later. But how do you like? I always feel like because of the range that you're using on your guitar, I want to, I want to eventually talk. How do you end up like? incorporating that into your mix and and how the sound goes and and, and trying to balance that so that's get something into that. i really want to get into because <laughs> that that's something that i'm i'm very proud of the guitars with this song but the mixing and how it came together is something i'm really proud of because ironically it's the least work i've done on a mix and there's so, that's a topic is it just because of about. all your templates is it just no, your template work no it's not that it's that's the funny part is that it's the most stripped down like you know it's the most uh it's it's because of the choice of uh like your choice of instruments and stuff like that so that's something another i'll, I'll talk about it in a little bit later but like that's why i find that like the guitar i'm using I wouldn't use any of my other guitars for this. Like the, to me, this song, like if I were to play this live or something, I would not want to play this without an SG with P90s. 
Like, I don't even want to play this without a SG, without P90s. Like, I don't want to have humbuckers in it. It's like, no, no, no. I want the P90s because it gives this, like, like this growl that I just like that I didn't feel like I needed to mix super, mo- a super, like, yeah. I liked what I heard when I just played into an amp and I heard, and I was like, I don't want to alter that. Like, it was this thing where I was just like, keep this, just, 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 yeah. Like, what, you set it and forget it. Like, yeah we found nirvana real quick i want to ask joe because i think it was interesting when you're talking about like you get to a session or you get somewhere and um that 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 having a mapped course versus just improvise joe like how how do you prefer like going into session or just learning a song or, or, or playing stuff like are you more of the i'd like to know where we're going or I'll I'll figure it out on the way. Sure. Um. No. I'm with Prabhu. I think. Um. It sounds like he's a little more um put together than me, and I mean that in a compliment. Um. Like I I kind of like wandering to figure out where you go, but at the same time, like it's nice knowing, I guess where like the endpoint or the destination is ultimately. Yeah. Um. But I I enjoy like finagling my way there. Um, it's like but I, yeah. that's important i mean and that and yeah. the reason i think i mean this song is only me so there's a lot more room to do that so like a lot of it is finagling and and wandering around and being and just sitting with the metronome and just being like what works and what works and just keep uh to me my writing and recording process is synonymous so it's like what i'm trying to do a lot more now is not perfect as i go but just get all the ideas out and then take away things. I'm like, no, nope, this doesn't work. Take this away. Record, re-record this, and just record it. So like that part where if I did the like, like the I might record it where I'm just uh, recording it kind of sloppier. But I'm like, I know what I'm trying to go for, and I know. What I, and then maybe the end of the riff, the like, doesn't work. And so I think the recording part helps. Not, it's still wandering and and finagling it but it's just more like an easier way i find to organize my thoughts i totally agree because you don't have to worry about remembering it in the long run mm-hmm. yeah. you'll hear it and you'll know that you liked it because you felt it right then so when you come back and you listen to it you're like i know how to do that because i love that and it just pops right back in and it's a big paranoia of mine because unless i record something like i even with this song i had a rip it was working on it till like 1 a.m and i was like I should go to bed and, and and do this tomorrow. And I was like, no, I'm gonna forget this riff. I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up and forget how to do it. It's like either I take a video of myself doing it and have some verbal notes or something, or I do it now. And um, there's a quote I heard recently. It was like, "Strike when the iron's hot" or something like that. I, that I, I've not recently. I've told you, yeah. but like that quote really resonated with me. Where I'm like, no, if it's there and the inspiration's there, just get it out because that idea might be something that really takes you from looking at your song as like that's cool to like yeah hear this riff dude like this is and and that thing of like recording sometimes i'll get to a part where i i want to record that part but i'll come back even if it's like i'll go and eat dinner and i'll come back and then i'm like because this is also pretty rhythmic it'll be hard where I'm like, like, so that part, I didn't, I didn't realize when I was playing along and practicing the song, that part where it goes, uh, so it goes, uh, that's how it goes. Uh, 
So it's like so that part's a triplet, and I didn't know when the triplet starts. So I realized I was playing it wrong back when I was like practicing along to it. But like things like that, where if I recorded one of the parts and then I came back to it, I might just completely not remember how to play it because it's like remembering like Morse code or something. It's like super interesting so yeah even even the rhythm is what i'll do sometimes if i don't get to writing the drums or guitar is like even if you just have a kick drum doing the like ah yeah you're just like okay that part and then i remember there's some notes there and just i just throw in the somewhere and you'll you'll get the riff but yeah just somehow to especially when there's like a little more technical stuff i find that's like that's not I don't know. It's not like a melody where you're like, you can sing it back to yourself. It's not like in my head, I'm like, I'm not like singing it yeah. in my head. I just, um, so yeah, no, I, I totally feel you on that. Like it's important to just noodle around because then you're getting it all out there. Well, do you want, do you want to show us your track with all the noodling? Sure. Yeah. Um, and let me, I have it open here. Let me share my screen and see that. What, what I find funny that you said earlier um, is that like you could only see yourself playing like an SG with like P90s for it. Because honestly, I, I, one thing I, I you know, I, there's a couple songs maybe, but I, I hate having that feeling of like, I can only do this song on this instrument. And I haven't written anything like that. But it's gonna be interesting if I ever end up there. Like, I don't know, uh, uh, Daniel. Is there like anything that you're like, oh, I have to have this kit or this? This well, has to be twelve inch hi hats or you know, fourteen inch. I'm I'm really not that particular, especially when you play shows in New York. You got to show up for whatever <laughs> fucking kit is gonna be there. So you really just can't be as picky as you may want to. But I, yeah. I I've I've seen that in guitarists that I. Uh, admire like John Frusciante seems to be playing the same guitar for the past <laughs> 50 years you know what I mean it's it's beat up it's worn out on the edges and it, it seems like a guitar uh, guitarist unique quality so it's interesting to hear you say that you don't ever want to fall into that or you haven't but yeah. it seems to happen I guess I don't know enough but uh I, I get it some have different tones and qualities but as far as drums are concerned uh, as long as the bass drum doesn't run away from me, I'm fine. And it's left-handed. <laughs> and it's left-handed. Well, yeah, yeah. So most kids <laughs> I'm not comfortable with, actually. I have to switch it all around. But, yeah, it, I'm just happy to sit down. And, and Joe, Joe, for you, like, do you have the thing? I mean, do you have, like, everything has to be this one bass? I mean, I know you have this thing now where it's like, uh, basses only need, what, tone knobs? They don't need volume they knobs. Only need, yeah, no, no, no. Volume's not a thing anymore. Everything's 10. Um, no, my, my go-to, like, I can't, it has to be punchy, like a P bass. If I hear anything totally remote to a jazz bass or like a humbucker, (laughs) I'm like, is there bass on the track? Like, like, I I don't know, like, like P is for punch. Like, yeah, it's for precision, but it's for punch. Like get in there and then, and then you tone it out from there. But I, I need to have like that punchiness with my bass playing. Mm-hmm. I like that. P is for punch. I need a that. <laughs> I've actually been thinking about getting a P bass. Um, I won't tell you what bass I recorded this with. <laughs> but, uh, I got a guess. <laughs> but it better, it better have that punch, you know, as long as you EQ it with the punch. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, actually the, really the only thing I did. I spent time on mixing was the bass for this, so that uh, because of the past. Um, that's just the thing I, I find that uh, you could say it, past failures, <laughs> past failures, past uh, just challenges, and and the other thing is when you uh, you got to translate into different things. Like you take it into the car, and then you're just like, oh whoa, like this is whoa, where did that bass come from? And then you're just like, oh, because you know, on my AirPods or something like that, you don't hear that. Or um, what are what are car mixes? <laughs> what do you mean? What? Because we we I, I, wait. Daniel, do you have a car? I think Joe has a car. Joe has a car. Oh. Yeah, just... <laughs> I still do yeah. car mixes. I yeah, haven't done a car. A... Oh, shit. I'm going to have Joe pick me up now whenever I have what's to do a, a mix. What's a <laughs> mix? Yeah, I forgot, uh, I forgot you're on New York. I forgot. Uh, maybe... I, I miss yeah. car mixes. I miss doing car do mixes. You, did you guys ever watch this? I think it's on YouTube. Jack White and his super analog ways would record... And then have a walkie-talkie with his uh, producer. <laughs> then he'd have his other walkie-talkie in the car, so that he can play it over the walkie-talkie to his producer, and make adjustments in real time, so he wouldn't have to, God forbid, take the mix to the car. Well, and uh, you know, he had the walkie-talkie to save this because he's Jack was, White, basically. But it was crazy. There's honestly, I was actually inspired yeah. by that. And I, when I do car mixes. Um, I ask someone to stand across the street and translate it to semaphore. And I just sit, sit in my car and listen to it in semaphore. They're just like waving flags to express what the song is. <laughs> More bait. You got sign language and stuff. We're going to have to do a series called Car Mixes with Joe. And we're going to have Joe pick us up. <laughs> They're going to be insane. <laughs> it's, 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 I feel like that... Uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld show where it's the comedians in cars. Musicians in cars. Yeah. Mixes. yeah. <laughs> Motor City mixes. <laughs> oh, damn. We got to move to Detroit now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Motor City mixes. But th there's actually, that's actually a, um, you know, you were talking about the walkie talkie. I mean, that's pretty ridiculous because it's Jack White. But uh, yeah. th there is merit to uh, doing mixes or checking your mixes on a bad quote unquote uh, system. Like, what else? Like, I mean, like, AirPods aren't bad, but that's how most people are going to listen to music or your uh, speakers. I, I do a lot of hip hop stuff too. And like with that, I was, uh, um, again, I think this was with 40 Drake's producer. I just went, I got, I had, I went into a kick where I was like, yeah, you, you had a Drake phase. We, we all have a Drake phase. No, not even a Drake phase. It was a 40 phase. Like I just uh, watched I'm a lot of videos in, but I don't even listen to like a ton of Drake, but the, uh, what, does he produce anybody else? I don't know. Was his, like claim to fame, Drake. Okay. I think Drake was he was his like Drake's like personal guy. Drake and him, yeah, brought him. Up. And uh, but one of the gotcha. things we're talking about is uh, you know, when like mixing the like how you know when you're in like an Uber and you're coming from the bars or something like that, and like the mm -hmm. kicks, you, you know, you know, every Uber driver has some music on after like on a Friday night or something, and it's pretty low, but you, all you hear is just a kind of. It, like you'll just you'll hear trap drums or something and you'll be like oh this is probably a drape song or something like that like the kick uh, somehow even it's super quiet that kick snare hi-hat like and the like it'll you'll pick it up to know yeah, and just have yeah. that mix like he cuts the kick and snare through the mix really high because it's just like you know if someone's turning it down and they want to know it's a drake song they'll 
you you could hear it in like something like that. And I was like, that's really right. So, um, yeah, I don't know that necessarily for metal, what the thing is with metal, it's more balancing the guitars. And that's why this guitar, I felt like, um, I'll just play it and then you can hear the mix. forever out now <laughs> Woo! Yo, that was dope well thank you thank you oh yeah um uh, yeah i uh yeah that part uh so the um wait 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 real quick so like what's the muted track oh uh <laughs> why you gotta bring up the muted track it's my is original that, is that horns oh that's it's, just it's my original no, it's, it's, it's all right it's all right I, uh, I recorded the bass and then it, it's actually the same you don't have to show it <laughs> it's, it's, it's just uh it's the same recording i just duplicated the track because uh, originally i um i had just done a like a I was trying to keep it very minimal for guitar and drums and everything. And then I tried to do the same with the bass, but I was like, I just, the bass doesn't sit well. So uh, I just duplicated it. I do like a, for the bass tracks, what I do is um, I, so do, can you guess what bass it is? Is it a P bass or a jazz bass? Um, <laughs> it's definitely a 1967. That's the bass. But... 
gnarly. I mean, that's a jazz bass, just a yeah. quit. <laughs> $5 uh, your way um, into Franklin. Um, <laughs> so what I do is actually, uh, I just do a DI track and then an amp track. So there's like one track that's just... Uh, oh, interesting. You keep your DI in? Yeah. Um, I always just, I, I do DI bass, but I'll just I'll always reamp it and I never keep the that's DI. That's just what I did. I usually do the DI and amp, but I, I, when I was doing it, I was like, maybe I'll just not do that. And then I was like, no, that's the way. Wait, see, so the bass is pretty quiet there. I actually yeah, yeah. the DI pretty low. Uh, effects wise, all I'm doing is a limiter and then a compressor on it. And then um, for the amp track, I'm using this plugin called uh, Dark Glass Ultra as a bass player. You, I think you should uh, check that. That is a that's a yeah. dream pedal uh, to get. Yeah, my neural amp and everything. Um, I've I've actually I think in our favorite plugins episode, this is the one one of them that I had. I this is just my like uh, standard. I any bass track is gonna go through this for me. Um, I just I don't know. It sounds beefy. It sounds it just but it it, it has this edge that I love. It's a um, let's see if I if I keep just this one. You're cutting in as you're speaking, cutting out as you're speaking, because the ba- the bass is too strong. The bass, yeah, is the bass, bass, strong bass. <laughs> Uh, I just had the DI when I added it back in. You can tell it doesn't really like change the tone too much. I wanted it to be more distorted. It just it adds a little bit of clarity to like the note definition, um, which I think is important. You don't want to overdo the bass. And actually, bass has a huge role in metal, and and not because you want it to be super boomy. It's just that a lot of people will add a lot of bass to the guitar, and that's not you want to kind especially. Um, what I like about this is a this is a relatively higher tuning for newer. Oh. So are we gonna just talk about injustice for all? How there's like no bass. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I mean, and and you know what's funny is that like I didn't know that growing up. I just was like, that's their. I mean, it sounds great. <laughs> um, I've heard it with bass, and then I I think it's the problem is that you're working backwards from being like I know the song and now it sounds different. I probably yeah. would have liked it more with bass. Had that been originally, original. yeah. But then mm-hmm. when I hear it back, and I'm like, "What's that bass guitar doing during the like, like the like the like what is it doing in in one? Why is it? Why is there bass guitar? There should be no bass guitar in that." Yeah. Um. But yeah, the um, the I had the DI just to make it a little bit uh to cut through a little bit more, and then I what I do is just make sure the bass and the guitar don't clash too much. Um, just keep it like. What I like about uh like uh drop D flat and D when I think when you start getting to like drop C, that's when you're getting into like low register guitar. And um I usually played with that. I mean I have a seven string guitar, I drop it to drop E or something sometimes, and then I drop it to A. But um what's what I like about this tuning is it's like still fast and punchy. It's still like a tight sounding. It's the end with the P90s too. It's very high end. So I don't actually mix high end as much in it. I actually roll trebles off because otherwise it's going to be too bright. But what's nice is that the bass just sits 
frequency wise a little better so they're not competing like this the guitar is not like uh very bassy and that's important for the metal mixing i think in this kind of song um so like if you see band so lamb of god that was another inspiration for this song i think i mentioned in the toast they play in drop d that's not they're not playing in anything low they play in like standard and drop d like it's and to me they hit so hard they're super heavy they don't play in like i don't know super crazy do you you think like metallica is like heavy still or because i still think metallica still sounds relatively heavy and then you just realize that they're an e i mean i think it depends on which metallica okay how about slayer I mean Slayer, yeah, Slayer, Slayer. Only E flat. I'm wearing Only my Slayer e shirt for a reason. <laughs> I'm wearing my Slayer shirt for a reason. The, um, I mean, yeah, Slayer, Slayer, Angel of Death is. It's it's but in it's heavy as hell still. Yeah, because it starts with just the most menacing thing, and the drums are just so. I th- I think tuning can definitely add to heaviness. It can definitely you know lower is usually heavier, but um. I don't know. There, there's something too about like there's different kinds of heavy. There's like doom metal heavy where it's like slow and sludgy. We were talking about like Queens of Stone Age, Caius. I don't. Sometimes I don't even notice the heaviness of like what. Um... I think that's like regular John or something like that. But it's all like C sharp, like tuning. But I don't notice it. Until like I actually go look up the song, it's like, oh shit, this song is heavy as fuck. Yeah, that's where there's different kinds of heavy. I mean, Jack White, you're talking about Jack White. Jack White, uh, Icky Thump, like the guitar and that, just, just, yeah. it, it just yeah. is meaty. It's ballsy. It's all, it's, it's very uh, oh, fuzzy, fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. so fuzzy stuff yeah. usually it's, it's a very different thing than like with this. It's like if you throw a fuzz on this, it would sound really. He, there'd be no clarity to it so I was, right, right, um, right. And this Depends. is this is he- a lot of the tone that i get for songs like this is actually like the gain is pretty low on the amp um it's more uh it's more driven by the guitar i feel um so like for this it's uh um and i'll get to the point about the mixing part because if you see on my track two here at the bass there's a little bit of uh eq there's a couple um, pieces of eq that i'm doing but nothing too crazy nothing that i'm doing like in the past i would you know i would have these chains that were a lot more busy if you look at the guitars so i have a gu- guitar bus here i really just have one mixing thing on here it's just this yeah. eq where i'm cutting i did no boosts nothing i usually i'd have a lot of as like a standard eq kind of procedure i'd go through i always kind of cut around this four thousand because there's this like sound that you want to get rid of um but other than that i don't have anything i like to keep my guitar just uh, keep all the frequencies with it in this song like i just didn't want to i didn't want to shape it too much because i was like yeah "Yeah, i'm sure you could get rid of more things but like i don't know i just i was like it felt good and i was like the guitar is really carrying the frequency because there's no vocals there's no anything else so i'm not why shape out a lot of things when you know your guitar is really all you got and and uh so do you, do you think you got enough shape out of like just like the amp and cab sim that you already use because i like i see you cut the mid frequencies i didn't uh, cut any like, mid here i'm saying the amp cab sim that you oh use. uh the amp so yeah i'm using another um so i'm using another neural dsp plugin so i'm i'm not i'm just recording my di too i'm just recording straight into my interface 
um, doing that all on here. Um, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I'm not even using the Xbox. I'm using it now when I'm playing, but um, <laughs> the uh, I I just find there's so much more control with that. And then also when you're recording, I like with DIs. So you can see here, um, you see a lot of the peaks more on DIs. Um, when you record just the guitar track that goes through an amp, you'll see a little bit more of a block. But I love with the DIs because I'll do a lot of surgical edits to move and make sure things are on time. You can see the like, you know, this is where the chord is struck. This is where the chord is struck. This is where this chord is struck. So I can see all those transients. I can like, I can also see how I'm performing. So like, you know, sometimes when I, when you play with an amp and you just see that, sometimes you feel like, um, Everything gets masked way more. When Everything gets masked. And I always think that's why uh, when, I, when I practice guitar, I don't usually go through an amp. I will I will just practice without an amp. Sometimes I'll even practice on an acoustic guitar. I'll just <clears> practice <throat> with nothing because I want it to sound loud without that and make sure the playing is tight and the playing is good. And because the amp, even if you drive the amp a lot, that can mask your playing where the amp's doing more of the work where your arms and your fingers, like as cliche of a like phrase it is like it's in the fingers. I, I really do agree with that. It's a, it, it comes down to like the pick. I use this tiny, this, this is very non-metal too. I use a really flimsy pick. Um, that's like usually people with metal, they play, they play like really thick picks. And like, to me, the flimsy pick really works because it, when I play it like bends and it that and it like I have to fight it so that's why right. it forces me to pick a lot harder where if I even just use this other pick um um versus like I think that sounds different I don't it know it also if, brightens it up a lot like, it does yeah, yeah. and the, like the pick just like I, I don't know maybe I just played it different it's it's maybe it's a little more subtle but it just I feel like there's a there's something to be said about that. So like when I'm playing this, like there's a, there's a squeal in here that just sounds a very, um, uh, I'll, I'll get to the, um, it's, I called this section Slayer Thrash. Um, yeah. That's, that's awesome that you made, how you made the section. Yeah, that, that one, that, 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 uh, that squeal to me, I, I find that like with the pick and the like with the with the just the way that the guitar is the P90s the pick and like I've got to like really dig into it so it sounds more like I think it sounds kind of like some something screaming or something like it doesn't just sound like yeah. a like a controlled harmonic it just sounds like like a horror scream or something like that. and to me that's way more interesting and menacing and and harder to control which i like i like that it's just like bombastic but like the the picking matters like i could play it like or i could play it like and then it's like oh that just hits harder versus like if i don't pick hard there's not much not much gain on it so um to me, with the guitars, yeah, I mean, I, I kept it very mid-heavy, rolled the trebles back a little bit. Um, nothing crazy going on. There's no pedals here. And then I'm just using this uh, Get Good Drums. No two scream, Tube Screamer, man? No, nothing. That's mm-hmm. why, I, and, and that's what I, I, all my traditional stuff, this would be, you know, I have a Tube Screamer, Noise Gate, all this stuff. None of it. I just went with this, and then I was like, fuck it, sounds good. Never. I'm not going to mix it. I'm, I'm, it's done. I Don't even think about it. Just keep going. And to me... 
I it was very refreshing. I'm going to use this as a template now. Yeah. Um, but the I don't know. It was just very. Um, it was just very uh, refreshing to find that like you know, how much you can get out of like the guitar, because like even here when you have, you know, you have a massive sounding guitar. But then uh, this part over here, it's kind of like uh, yeah, jazzy hiatus coyote. Prog, I felt <laughs> a prog bridge, Phrygian dreaming chorus that I don't know. I <laughs> wait, wait, by Curtis. <laughs> Curtis yeah. on the kit. Yeah, by Cor- Curtis on the kit is a great, uh, <laughs> that's the handle that he needs to his Instagram to be. Um, but this <laughs> um, that part. What I actually do there is just, uh, I. And that kind of uh, reinforces the playing, but this part is just I mean, uh, th- those those open chords are just like really smart. Like I, I like the structure that you're using because it's smart because it gives it that that wall that it needs. And mm-hmm. I know I don't always think about that. I'm just like I just want a lot of times I'm just thinking like I, I think too much like in in live scenarios. Like there's one guitar, there's two guitars, there's a bass, there's a drums. I'm good, but like you got to take that approach when, when you record. Sometimes it's like. No, create more of that wall and that that wash in there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and and that's the thing too is that like that kind of you know, I don't I didn't even run it through a different, uh, I didn't run it through a different amp or anything like that. All I did was um, I lowered the volume of it, so it's it's nice. really playing. It's much lower than the other guitars, so it's not like competing. It's like mixing first by doing the levels, not shaping the sound. Um, yeah. And then this part. So like that part, I mean, it's the same guitar. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, Pete. Where, where did you like, is that something that you did new in this mixing on levels as opposed to just like odd, like the, the frequency or is that I mean, something that you've done for a while? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think, well, the, the thing I've been doing different with this than before is first, it's been a recent, like in the last year or so, I've been pushing myself to try and finish a song first, then mix, then master, go through the thing versus like have a song, mix it as I go along, do it, mix it and do like basic stuff with it. Now I'm trying to do just basic stuff with it, but um, the volume stuff, I mean, it, that's in some ways, um, I, I I guess it's pretty new. Uh, that's maybe the song is the first one I truly just stuck to that because I really didn't have I didn't even have the intention to go in and change it much. Like as I was recording it, I was just like, it "Sounds good. This is it." Like I, I'm not don't I I knew that like all I need to do is really get through tracking. I don't need to do a lot of mixing because I felt kind of like I like listening to this. I like it, it, it and I don't want to change that this feeling. So I think I, I went in really just thinking about levels in that sense of um, um, not trying to shape the tone, but just trying to see what's competing with each other. And a lot, I mean, a lot of, um, I think that's uh, in many ways more traditionally how people would mix on like a mixer board in a studio and stuff too. I mean, like sometimes doing levels on a DAW uh, without a physical, without physical hardware 
sometimes you can forget to do that as much um because you're i don't know like in a in a in a traditional studio you would be there and be like oh turn this down turn this down then you'll like versus like sometimes i forget about the mixer view here um i mean most of my things are on zero um and uh, but yeah i mean in terms of levels and stuff just keeping it very uh simple in that sense of just like um yeah i'm not trying there's the mixing from the levels and the mixing from shaping the sound mixing can be just as creative as writing um because like i mean the guitar that i'm doing here this i would say is like i guess mixed but it's more like creative like i like i like the stylistic choices yeah and i mean okay so this it's not necessarily you're you're coming there's a lot of stuff on it but it's not necessarily like i'm I'm doing this more to give it that effect that I wanted than to make it sit in the mix, if that makes sense. Like, because I didn't, like creatively, I didn't want that to be the sound. It wasn't that like, oh, I need to do this so that it doesn't clash with whatever. It was more just like, no, I want it to sound like this big open thing and all that kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, I mean, even the same guitar, just where you play on the guitar. So like even here. Um, you know, I switched from going from like, uh, you know, playing the chords here like, to like, to doing like, uh, not really muting, but like almost going, why well, I like SGs too. This is my SG like appreciation thread. The, the bridge is higher up. That's the thing I realize is so different with my other guitars. The bridge is like close up here. So like I can put my hand here way behind the bridge and do this almost like if I turn the guitar volume just a little bit down. Even on the same guitar tone, I can go from to turn the guitar a little bit down and play it over here. And then that's like, uh, and it's like surf rock. And now it's, and now it's like the same guitar tone and I can go and then, and, and all of that is really just in the guitar and not the, the effects. So I'm trying to find. Uh, I guess the best analogy is like if you're cooking and you're you have all these sauces, but your ingredients are trash, then like your dish might still be trash. It's like get better vegetables, get better meats, but get that all, all those stuff. And then the it's sauce. all foundation, I think, like yeah. in any like art you create is like your most important thing. And then you can build up. You have a shitty take or shitty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, guitar uh, take. If you're not strumming correctly, same thing with drums. If I don't hit it, if I don't hit the snare in the right place, no matter what the engineer does, it's going to bother me when I hear it. Or if you take a bad photo, Photoshop's not going to enhance it with saturation and, and you know, uh, noise reduction. It's all about, like, that good the meat and potatoes. And that's, that's where um, the one thing that's uh, the most, the least natural part in this whole part is that I'm a very big stickler about the recording. So like, especially with a song like this, what I'll do, this is in 210 BPM. I'll record it at like 180. I'll record parts at 170. I'll record parts at some parts. I'm like, fuck it. This is in 90 like that. that but then some parts I am like, I would record it slow. And then I would be like, this doesn't like even 10 BPM. Like when I recorded in 210, 200, I was like, this doesn't sound 
I, I, I like, I just can't do it. Or so I would just be like, all right, screw it. I've got to learn and practice this at full speed. Um, is this at, you figuring out what tempo you want to, uh, like actually settle on? Is that the process? No, no, on? I'll straight up record slow, speed it up. That's what I'm talking about. Where yeah. I'm like, oh, 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 no, hey, no, I'll, 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 I'll put all my guns on the table. <laughs> he, wow, he, he, wow. He, he uses easy drummer on his guitar. <laughs> yeah. So, if, so if you see these two parts right here, uh, so if you see it says rate one one point six five or whatever, I recorded yeah. this at like maybe one ninety. But then this part is recorded at a slightly different tempo. I'll rec- and but, I heard the dog. But, but like, are you are you adjusting the the like tonality uh, influence that'll happen when you speed something up? Doesn't it get higher? Uh no no no. Does, so the, does the, it not? So pitch, the recording pitch is preserved. Yeah, the recording yeah, software okay. I use, Reaper, um, what I love about it is, ah, okay. I, so this is how I, you can do this in Logic and pretty much any DAW. I just, Reaper is the one I learned, and like, it's uh, what's nice about it. So there's so many things that it, I I just never, I thought this was standard for every DAW. Some DAWs you got to like go and stretch the audio and I hate it. And like to me, right, right. Time, time stretching audio is one of my most important things in recording because I learned with like, all right, I'm going to record this as like. And then, and then I'll learn it faster and then I'll try to play yeah. it later. So this song, I can play at full speed. Uh, uh, and I wanted it to be where there weren't parts. We believe you. We believe you. There were, I want, yeah. but some, some songs, some songs no, and, and to me, I'm like, there are parts in songs that I'll write where but, I'm like, that's but God, play. But God, forg- I, God forbid I speed it up on, on, on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I just don't want, I don't want people, when I'm, I will be honest about it. I don't want people to be like, oh, look, I played this at 210 and then it's not actually at 210 like i will be <laughs> no, honest like when i record this. i never when i record i'd never record at speed there's one neck beard in his mom's basement who's looking for that fight who's just like yeah. i know that's not two, <laughs> i know 210 when i hear it that's not it <laughs> You'll show up in your comments and fucking start a whole thing. So yeah, and that's where to me, if I like, I like writing parts that are unrealistic. I love. I mean, we're, we're in the age of computers. You can write write what sounds good, and this is the one time you can make it sound perfect or make it sound unrealistic. This song, I wanted parts like this part was the hardest part to record, not because of how fat is the down picking the. Um, cause that yeah. part, uh, that part I could record it at, I tried record it. I was like, you know, I need to record it at like half speed. And then I was like, I couldn't get the bit you, cause you still want to be able to feel it. You know, you still want, and wow. when you record at half speed, you're like, and you're like, no, this is, this doesn't sound right. Like no, and no. then I was like, take it a couple BPM down. Cause like the real speed is just. And uh, what's hard is the down picking when you're going. It's like Metallica. It was something you talking about Metallica being heavy. That down picking. They're the down picking kings. Yeah. yeah. For last that feel, years, yeah. like they just like to me going like it's way easier than like like I'm like oh my god I'm gonna get carpal tunnel. Right. My arm is gonna like break so like that part i had to do it like it's like times 1.050 so it's like literally 10 bpm or something it's like what? 200 from 210 <laughs> yeah no shame dishonor 
it's, no no uh, shame no dishonor you, um, i mean but that's it, it sounds dope <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing right. i wanted um with the guitars like yeah i mean a big thing to me was uh just recording and and seeing it where um i, I don't know it to me this was a this is kind of a uh experiment with like what i could do with the guitar because like that part like that i played for the intro with the um uh, uh yeah i take a gun talk sam like a like a this part i love adding sound effects too so i add these sounds well you're in texas you sure it wasn't a real gun I'm I, know. Just I know i just fired a, a, <laughs> i mean um, to throw it out the garage huh? but like i yeah these little sounds <laughs> I mean that would be this one by my nightstand. I mean it's it's yeah. that would be dope if to sample uh it'd be the most fit. <laughs> so to me, like these sound effects make a lot of it because it like adds this little bit of flavor that just make gives it some more cinematic. What made you what made you think of that? Did that just pop in your head? Um, like, how did that come up? Honestly, like, different genres of music that i produce so a lot of hip-hop stuff and then like uh gotcha. so for a while I, I was not doing as much metal and recently so my goal for 2022 is like dude i just want to play metal for a while like i just like this is just where i'm like easy and like this is where i just not easy but like this is where i'm interested in my like i yeah. can crank it out i can this is like when i if you gave me a guitar and just didn't tell me what to play or just i'm gonna break go to play well, straight to metal yeah and and it reminds me uh, it reminds me that uh do you listen to, familiar with 50 cent yeah you guys, you guys ever heard of him yeah coming rapper from i i, I um, actually for a second wasn't sure if you're serious or not yeah, I, was, I was i i was and then at the second another voice and i was like are you serious but um his first album the track heat is yeah. literally the snare is a gunshot like the beat is so it reminded me of that immediately i was like it reminds me of heat yeah, crazy I, I've been getting more into like uh, cinematic writing, and like I was for a while, I was like, you know what, I want to learn more about like video games and sound design, and so like sound yeah. design is something I find really fun. I realized I was like, I don't know if I want to do that as like a living or something, but it's like a nice thing to incorporate into your own stuff. Um, yeah, especially because it just add, I don't know if you take it out, it, like it it sounds cool, but like versus like. Like that's so much yeah and and so to me um that kind of stuff like this this really was just like a um i don't know i as i like got past the first hump of the song where it was like i had that writer's block then it just all came to me and then i was like mm. and and when i changed that tuning that i it just was like all right i'm just gonna sometimes another thing i'm trying to do is like not reserve ideas for something else so I, I used to do this a lot where i'd be like oh this sounds good but like if i use all these riffs in one thing then i won't have enough to write another song and i'm like fuck that like you take forever to write a song why are you holding stuff back you're just doing a little yeah. bit of nothing and then you're writing half baked songs so it's like put all your eggs in one basket and then go and try to find more eggs because like if you're gonna do that then you're gonna force yourself to write half-baked songs just put i like in this song i was like man i just 
all these riffs I love. And I, I personally am like, oh, these are all bangers. And then now when I get to the next one, I'm like, what do I do? And it's like, that's good. That's going to force me to be a better musician than to be like, oh, well, maybe for my next song, it's like, what, you're going to release the next year or something? No, just do it now. So, yeah. So, so my, my, my question is kind of similar to what you asked me. Um, is this song part of like a collection of other songs or is this, I mean, it sounds like you're going to be doing metal throughout this year, but is this just like you're trying to do each single metal song yeah. step by step? So this isn't a collection that's literally to the song and I can, that it's uh, to the Slippy Toad part. So Slippy Toad, if you don't know, anyone who's listening, Star Fox, Star Fox is a series on Nintendo that's about like animals that fly planes and shoot things. It's awesome. Um, that's what I grew up with in the 90s, Star Fox 64. That's why there's a gun sound. Yeah. <laughs> Animal shooting. Well, I, I I actually use that to kind of inspire how what Getting I'm Getting back at humans. Yeah. <laughs> Bambi's coming after you. I, it does inspire how I write to it. But yeah, this is part of a, a, a collection where literally each song, I'm writing a song called Fox McCloud, Slippy Toad, Peppy Hair, and Falco Lombardi, all the characters on Star Fox. Um, and actually, the first song I wrote in this was Fox McCloud, which was... I wrote that song 10 years ago or I had it recorded. I had it on SoundCloud, all that stuff. And I decided I'm going to re-record it. And I was focusing on that first because I was like, I already have a song. Let me just do the song I already have. And I got really tired. And the song's done. It's recorded. And then I was, I did this song. I was like, I'm just going to throw it all into, I'm going to record it really fast in this template because I really like this sound. Finally Mm -hmm. sound the sound I want. Um, And I have a guest solo on there from someone and it's going to sound really good. And, 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 but to me, I was like, I was holding myself back by saying, I need to record that song first because it's a song that's the farthest along. And it's the song that I've already done. And I need to do that first. But I, you know, when you play the same song for a long time and you're just like, dude, screw this song. I want to, you're, I'm doing it for completion at this point. Like, I had to make a decision a couple of weeks ago where I was like, man, I really want to write this song. I've been posting this riff on the, on the, on this thing page. And I was like, screw it, finish this, put Sipply Toad out first. Yeah. Uh, even if the other song is done, that'll get you the momentum. So now I'm like, oh, the, there's a creative process. There's a creative energy. I think that you can give yourself when you just, when you're stuck on the same thing, just, just do something new, do something completely new. Like this is not new in terms of like a genre or something like that. But like I, I stepped away for doing as much metal recording for a little bit, started doing the sound design, all that stuff came back to it. Now I have all these different tools that I feel like I wouldn't have learned if I just stayed with metal. And like, or yeah. if I'd just yeah. been trying to complete the same song, now I have this energy that I'm like, yo, this song, now I can get, now the reference and the, the, bear, the baseline for me is this song. So now Fox right. McCloud has got to be, this level of quality and this level of everything and and the, with the collection at least i you know there's like a template now i can use and another thing that was holding me back was the f- doing a four e- four song ep where you're just like well i can't release one until i release all and then i was yeah. like getting into that thing where i'm like i'm just dreading doing it all and, that, and then i was like we you came and i we've talked about this a lot with yeah. like the single versus ep and i was like screw it once i severed so, that then it was so like wait wait so you decided you you originally wanted to do this as like a full complete ep mm-hmm. and then now you're like stepping back and saying i'm going to do this single by single basically 
this is gonna be this is gonna be literally in the order of the controllers that you can play. It's gonna be Fox <laughs> McCloud, Falco Lombardi is player two, player three is Silky Toad, player four is Peppy Hair. And I was gonna release nice. in that order. And then I was like, no, nah, song three, Fox. I'm gonna do song three first. And then I'm gonna just figure it out. And maybe maybe Peppy Hair will never be a song for three years, but maybe But at least you got this one done. The break point was essentially you had this song that you wanted to 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 write and this is the one that you kept on having riffs for and that's just essentially what put it in first place for you mm, not i had a song i had i had two riffs i had okay. that riff that i had that uh and then the part that was the uh the next part so I, I had the first 30 seconds of a song that i was like this is good and i was like i don't know where to take it but i knew that i liked that first 30 seconds and the sound more and and also it was you know how when you have something on your to-do list but then you procrastinate by doing something else productive that's yeah. kind of what this song was where i was like i need to write fox mcleod and i'd sit and then i'd open up slippy toad and i'm like i'm gonna write this one instead so it was like productive procrastination where i just you know fully embraced it and i was like all right well now i got a song out of it and honestly why am i why am i holding myself to a standard where i'm not letting myself pivot because you know i was feeling for a while like no but i need to write this song first but i was like this song is better right now at least like off the bat so lean into that and then i can make the other song better and it's not just about putting the song out and it's there now at least when i re- release fox mcleod it can be the best version of that because i have you know the, the the sound i want like now i feel a lot more relieved because i think the thing i was also struggling with for a while is get nailing that sound that i really wanted and like and now now you have your template for that i have my sound. template and i've got my uh you know my tuning and i've got my you know, so what you can do all of them in Dad Gad now? That's official. Yeah, Peppy Hair originally. It's Peppy Hair is a like old Texas rabbit in the thing. So I was thinking of doing the seven string to do like a, like some sort of like a slower thing like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I mean Dad Gad. It's funny. I played my seven string the other day. I ran it through the same rig, and I was like, no. <laughs> that's funny it's not the same did you so, do double double low low d flat yeah, I know. And, and that's the thing too is i mean honestly what i do for multiple songs is i'll record it in the same project i'll just literally oh, really do project instead of a template just do a little uh just do a little marker that says like start fox mcleod then record this here you gotta like freeze some tracks and i, I my computer is pretty nice so it's uh yeah doesn't crash on me but thing like just keeping that continuum uh it, yeah. it helps the the sound of the song to 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 stay or the songs to remain the same um i so, yeah so i i just wanted to know like if if i guess um do you ever like do like because i've started actually doing this and i think it's because of this idea is i'll do one track right and i'll sit down for one recording time but or, 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 I'll essentially have two tracks in the same file, right? I'll sit down for one recording time, and then I'll do the one guitar for the first so- song like 10 times, and then the second song will be like a demo, and I'll do that like recording twice. That way, like in one session, I've gotten through focusing on one song and then just kind of bits of the second song just to satisfy myself. 
I don't do that, but that might be useful. Um, well, I, I got it from your idea of like just. I think using templates and then sticking in the same song. Yeah. And starting the next one. Yeah. And that, that, that's a good way to do it too. Is like, like, I mean, I write, if I know I want to do four songs and I write a riff, but then I'm like, Oh, this is not for slippy. This is for Fox. I can just drag it somewhere else and then mute it yeah. or something. Um, and that's where the songs, I want them to be a little bit more. Um, I want them to evoke slightly different feelings and that be like, I want them to all have a general sound, but like, especially being instrumental. I want to get the uh, vocals on these and release that as a separate thing. Um, like, you know, maybe get the guest vocal. But the reason I called this one Slippy Toad and why I wrote to that is like the the, the thing is very bombastic. The, the, the thing is very, uh, like that part with the... I wanted the song to feel chaotic and stressful and uh, because that's what the character is in the game the character keeps getting you into these situations that you're gonna die and like the character is a jinx and the character uh i wanted to evoke that emotion but then like the fox mcleod thing is he's the leader he's all that kind of stuff so i'm trying to use those as like a way to evoke certain uh like use that in how i would write but not but still use the same tools for all the songs so each song will still have the same guitar tone probably same drum tone same everything but how I would write it, maybe the scales that I would use, that kind right, of stuff. Different. Yeah, it's it's based on what the song is, quote unquote, about, even though it's instrumental. Yeah. Well, uh, on that note, um, do you want to, you know, is it Joe, Daniel, do you guys have any other questions? I think we could probably play us out in a little bit, but I don't want to stop any questions you guys have or anything like that. Uh. No, I'm assuming this is going to be on Spotify. When when should Every, it be expected? Well, everywhere. Yeah, it'll be on all. Or everywhere. Yeah. All uh, all streaming. So, um, when should we expect it? Uh, early March. I don't have. I haven't submitted it to the uh, like DistroKid and stuff. My birthday is on March fourth. I want it to be. Right. Um, I'm gonna text you. I'll just text. Yeah. You. No. Birth, and it'll... Birth, what, what's your birthday? <laughs> your year? Your yeah, my, your number? Yeah. No. Uh, what's your my, password. <laughs> yeah my my last name is bloomy bloom and then my first <laughs> bloom but the uh the uh yeah it'll be uh around the first week of march uh i've got the song mastered as of today so right, right. Excited. <clears throat> yeah it's more just the packaging of it getting it uh submitted and honestly i'm not even working too hard on uh this is this is more of a get it out and and start get the ball rolling on some metal stuff because i've been yeah. um I haven't recorded and put out a metal thing in a long time. Like uh, all the stuff I have on Spotify is like more like hip hop and and like synth wave kind of stuff. And I'm kind of excited to just have something on like start releasing some metal stuff on there and just like I think getting it there. I don't even care as much of like doing a lot of release stuff beforehand. Just get it out and then spread the word and keep knocking it, keep the ball rolling. Keep yeah, yeah, I hear that. Sure. Nice. Yeah, no no questions from me. I do got to say, though, um, I wanted to say it earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt you because you were on a roll with it. Um, I think your the way you write and record and mix is very uh, intuitive and natural and not something like that. That's something that speaks to me and makes sense to me because I think I got too stuck in the rut of um, like the, the studio experience where it's like you go in, okay, we do we do the drums, we do this, we do that, we do, and like move in a specific order. And I found that 
when it comes to my personal stuff, I can't get anything out because I function similarly to you. Like as I record, if that doesn't sound good, I don't want to move on. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't want to I don't want to mix levels now and then mix tonally later. I just want it to sound good and then go to the next thing and make that sound good, and then make it all sound good together. So yeah, I'm um, hearing you do it and like bang it out and like kind of like broke my like formed notions of recording in a very good way. So I appreciate it a lot and very inspiring. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And so, do you want to do you want something that helped me with that? That's really yeah. Try recording something, but not to write a good song. Try to write and record something that sounds really good. Like you could literally just record like. But try and do that for like 30, record a clip that's 30 seconds long, but it's, and then just focus on getting the mix and stuff. And it sounds like 30 perfect seconds. And then trash the the audio in that song and then use all the template for that. Cause then you'll, Smart, I, like that. I started doing that where I was like, cause I'd be like, well, I'm mixing two different things. I'm trying to like write a good song, but then I'm also trying to make it sound good. That's two different right. people's jobs. It's like, if I just write a really simple thing that I'm not worried about the creative part of like writing and I'm just trying to mimic it or make something sound good, then I can just come back to it and then not think, but I'm glad, I really appreciate what you're sharing on that. And I'm glad it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a it's just finding what works for you i think and yeah it, re- it reminded me of uh, when we were talking about heaviness uh, there's like um you have like tonal heaviness which i think of those like deeper lower register like lower uh tuning songs and then you have like melodic heaviness which i think is like queens of the stone age where it's like oh that's weird that doesn't sound right but it sounds mm-hmm. good kind of thing and then in the same way like i think with mixing that you were speaking to um you have like functional mixing like can i hear everything clearly does this sound like where i want it to sound and then you have does it sound like how i want it to sound in like a different shape or different form like creative mixing i need to write that makes sense. like my resume or something thank you you should you should <laughs> i no, was like oh, well yeah, i never thought of it that way i was like functional. <laughs> yeah. this is why you're an english teacher you're very good at the, <laughs> <laughs> I was like the, uh you got the that was beautiful thank you i really appreciate yeah, yeah. that that was uh yeah, and and um, I, I the other thing I was like when he said tonal heaviness is like, can we make a segment on the show for that where it's like <laughs> your tonal heaviness? It's like a metal tip for the day or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I kind of like that how it fits in with the tonal distancing. Got to You got to keep it rolling. You get you you're, you've been doing like the like picking techniques and you've been like you know showing different peaks of of different things they've been working on metal wise and you just always use ha- hashtag tonal happiness that's actually an accountability thing too i'm doing that uh when i'm doing instagram videos i was finding myself being like i don't want to record an instagram video i'm in the middle of recording and i'm like why do that separately just yeah. use your what you're recording as like an example to show something off and then also put it in there that like i'm re- i'm releasing this thing and you're like are you you are oh well i gotta complete it now i can't just tell yeah. people i'm releasing something and then under deliver so that's partially why i've also been doing that and it's helped so yeah uh i don't i don't have anything else i mean the one thing i will always say is like probably you're always like my recording guru and like my <laughs> my my guide so i appreciate you sharing and and you, from the things of like um i know you've come back on mixing on you as you go but like just doing a little bit helps a lot. And that's the thing I've always taken from you. Um, 
But yeah, anything else, guys? You want to do an outro riff? Bloom. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes. Let's see. I did the breakdown. I I know I did the. And that, that's what I like about this song is that there's a lot of riffs in there, so I have like something to show off. Um, so I think one that I didn't do is, um, at the uh, when it goes into the. I would say verse, like it's where I imagine vocal, like cleaner vocals to come in, um, where it slows down from the heaviness. And I do this thing again in dad, gad. Um, I like this chord a lot. And this, the whole song is kind of based around this. It's just six, seven, eight. Um, it's, it's like a dissonant chord. I don't know what do you call it. Um, it sounds messed up and evil and, uh, so I take that original riff uh, where it goes, uh, but then I just uh, kind of change the rhythm pattern of it. So it goes. Uh, So it's uh damn <laughs> yeah and that's another thing with the because it's in the drop tuning you can just have that one finger pull down the fort and then these finger these guys are climbing and then that that little thing with the dad guy <laughs> it's like a twitch at this point it's just like I'll just <laughs> I gotta like let go of the guitar it's like just do that um so. Yeah, that's the song. That's the. I'll have to do a, like a full guitar playthrough video or something. Post it on YouTube. And I don't know how to tab songs. I've never done that before. I might have to pay someone to do it or something. But if I do that, I'll send that to you guys. Thank you for tuning into Tonal Distancing. Thank you to our guests, Joe and Daniel. Uh, see you guys next time.